Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast where two great people read a whole bunch of comics because every single week all the publishers put out too many comics and some of them are garbage. <laughs> but <laughs> two people have great. got to read them and it may as well be these two people. My name is Levins. My name is Siobhan. And every week we hang out in King's Comics at 403 George Street who are also kind enough to give us all the comics for us to read for every show. Thanks guys. And we review all of last week's comics for your listening pleasure. Um... Once we finish recording this episode, we then immediately hit record on a bonus episode, which yep. you'll be able to hear over at patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast for just $5 a month. You get the Serious Issues post-show, mm-hmm, and if you want mm-hmm. to support the show in any way, uh, maybe we've recommended you. Maybe you're like, I'll support them when they've recommended me 20 comics that I t- ended up loving. And, and yeah. maybe maybe this week, we'll, you, you know, you're going to go from 19 to 20, and you're going to be like, need to support them in some way. $5 a month, we support you back by giving you some post-show in yep. which we uh, review graphic novels and trades and other cool things like that. Yes. Um, I finally finished Bone this morning. Nice. All 1,300 and something pages of it, so I'll be talking about that later, later very today. impressive. But before we do that, Siobhan... Um, we've got to get through all of uh, last week's regular issues. Great. Um, Just great. And we begin every episode by going through all of the number ones that came out last week, all the brand new series that started, and we call this segment First Things First, and we're going to kick off with a comic that both of us were very excited for. Um, This is a brand new number one for Green Lantern, or The Green Lantern, this Mm -hmm, one is called, mm -hmm. Um, a comic starring Hal Jordan, uh, the original Space Cop. Uh, This has been written by Grant Morrison, making his big return to superhero comics. His first thing for DC since the multiversity thing he yep. wrote, um, with art by Liam Sharp, um, and recently colors. of Wonder Woman fame and uh, the Irish Wonder Woman and Batman story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? Brave and the Bold. He did the first arc. That's of the Brave and the Bold comic. And uh, colors are by uh, Steve Olive. Great um, colors. And so this uh, first issue is called Intergalactic Lawman, another word for space cop, um, <laughs> and uh, it kind of is. Catches us up with Hal Jordan, who kind of, you know, is, is an amazing Green Lantern, an amazing space cop, but back on Earth, he can't terrible hold down dude. a job. <laughs> <laughs> He's a terrible dude. Um, but can't hold down a job, living on people's couches. I love Fucking it. In, the, in the desert. Fucking in the desert. He's got no bed. Where are you going to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> There's only sand. As we know, it gets everywhere. Oh, but you've got to make do with what you've got to make do with. Absolutely. All space cops know this. <laughs> it's in the rule book. It's actually the bit of the um, 
the bit of the oath that they don't talk about. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> By Sandy Green. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what did you think of this uh, new start to a uh, brand new chapter in Hal Jordan's life? Man, I loved it. Yeah, I man. know, like, and I, I thought I was going to love it, and I talked about it incessantly for ages. And it turns out I did love it. It's great. It's exactly what I expected it to be. It's exactly what I wanted it to be. And it, like, you know, exceeded my expectations, I think. Yeah, definitely. We are uh, introduced to a whole bunch of weird new alien races, which Grant Morrison uh, is adept at. Yeah, like genuinely using the concept to its fullest potential. There's a green lantern that's a disease in this. That's way cooler than being like, oh, there's a red lantern who's an angry cat. <laughs> you know what I mean? No offense, Jeff Johns. But, like, just uh, more creative, cleverer. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, that, 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 uh, the virus lantern is called, um, Floozle Phlegm. Yeah. Come on. That's great. <laughs> and he makes someone sneeze himself into incapac- incapacitation. <laughs> there's, there's a green lantern that's a severed finger. And, uh, this is like more or less like a one shot. Um, we see like a, a big, uh, a space, a green lantern space operation go wrong. And of course the aliens come to earth and Hal Jordan is there to stop them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, as a start, this was just so much fun. Uh, um, it's, yeah. It sets up some insane stuff for the future, and then we get like a little preview of what's to come, which is like mostly like weird alien stuff and a broken lantern, and then of course uh, the team up that we are all waiting for to happen again is the team up of Hal Jordan and Ollie, the Green Arrow, uh, which means we're going to get some cool seventies throwback Green Lantern Green Arrow team up stuff. So good, and this whole this whole comic is a seventies throwback. You know, like it's so explicitly referential to uh, like. 1970s, 2000 AD, and that say, yeah, style of like British which, yeah. sci-fi comics, like Thugs, Future Shocks. I feel like is a real uh, point of reference for this. Like Alan Moore's Green Lantern comics. I just think this is like it's it's so impressive in 2018 to do a Hal Jordan comic that feels like new and refreshing and and different. not boring and not boring <laughs> and not boring. Hal isn't boring. This is like a cool version of Hal. When was the last time we saw that? Yeah. And Not since he went crazy and killed the whole city. There's all heaps of insane, like, big worded space theory yep. uh, being dumped on us throughout this issue. But it's it's fine when Grant Morrison does it. Yeah. And I don't know. There's a, there's a, a, an air of whimsy and you roll your eyes, but you have fun with it. Exactly. It's, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't take itself so... Like, it, it, you, you can take it seriously or you can also just laugh at it. Yeah. And that's the beauty of when he does it, like, one of these sci-fi comics. It's so fun. And Liam Sharp is so good, man. Like, this is just the perfect project for him. And just some of the, like, the crazy space stuff is so beautiful. And then, like, the really close-up panels of Jordan's face are so perfect. Oh, I love that opening shot of him just lying down in the desert. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, man. Watching planes. Yeah, it looks like Preacher. Yes. It looks like like, the colouring is very Preacher. Hatching, yeah. Um, And just the sort of slightly bizarre like elongated limbs when he becomes Green Lantern and uh, just I love everything about this the big the big bad hamster guy yeah who's all the aliens are so weird and cool just, yeah and all the bits on Oa are so like really gets that kind of cosmic. magical cosmic yeah. fantasy stuff I, I just think this is so perfect man I know that this doesn't like won't necessarily appeal to everyone like the lovely Nate did not enjoy this issue really? at all it's too British he doesn't like British uh, shit right, sure. she's like so silly you're so silly but like for me this was this was extremely satisfying really good fun 
I yeah. really enjoyed it. I've been going through like what what we will consider like our favorite comics of the year for everyone to vote on uh, at the end of this cool, month. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, I'm getting the ball rolling on that now, and uh, I was like, wow, there's not many DC books in uh, in this, and then I realized that's because DC are ending their their year on a, on a big, amazing note. Yeah, we've got this. We've got um, G. Willow Wilson and Carrie Nord's uh, Wonder Woman starting next m- week. Yep. We have um, Kelly Pseudoconics Aquaman starting soon yep. after that. We have the cool detective comics um, by Tomasi cool and Nanki. Yeah. yeah. Mm, so yeah, this is a, yeah, th- and Good this is a, this is a great way to kind of kick off. Like, oh, cool! Like, you know, there's still a lot of life left in Rebirth. Let's uh, let's read some cool new comics. Absolutely, loved it. Ten yeah. out of ten. Good yeah. job. Really, really into this. Uh, a great first issue, and this will definitely be one of the uh, best first issues of the year. You can vote on in yep. the uh, Series Issues Awards for 2018. Nice. Our third awards show in a, in, in in three years. Wow. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Uh, let's like move the over, annual. Let's move over to uh, to Marvel now for Marvel Knights number one, uh, a very hyped uh, event that um, Donny Cates apparently asked if he could write. Um, Man, Donny Cates just seems like yeah, just do anything, just do whatever Cates, he wants. I'm there. into it though. Good yeah. job. Um, featuring uh, Travel Foreman on art doing yes, like this is like the least Travel Foreman esque art I've seen in ages. Yeah, I feel like it's going to get maybe it's not going to get weird. Maybe it's going to stay really grounded. But I still enjoyed it. Like this page of uh, where Daredevil is remembering who he is. Man, that's great. There's some great art in this for sure. Um, and then uh, we have some art. Sorry, some colors by their last name is Frudolfs, which is a great name. I want to Derek. say Derek, Derek Frudolfs. Oh no, he's the inker, and the he's colors the are by Matt Miller. Oh, Matt Miller. Good for you, Matt hmm. Miller. Um, so have you read the original Marvel Knights? Because I have not. Is, was it an event? I've read like the books that made up Marvel Knights. Obviously, you have the Daredevil yeah. run that started with Kevin Smith, and then you have uh, the Punisher run where he was like a guardian angel. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. There's the uh, Inhumans run by Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee. Um, oh, I've read that. I didn't realize that was a Marvel Knights. Yes, yeah, so I have read. I've read a lot of of that stuff. Um, yeah, I don't think it was a specific book. I could be wrong on this, guys. I'm not 100 percent sure. But, but that I think is it was just the books. That is the movement in the kind of like the the Marvel imprint in the 90s that everyone credits with saving Marvel comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and putting uh, people like uh, Axel Alonso and... Um, not Axel Alonso. Who's the other guy? Uh, he is an artist sometimes, but he also is Diodato. a publisher. No, not no. Diodato. What the fuck? <laughs> He's written on all the... We're, we're idiots for not Casada. knowing... Casada. Yes, Joe I Casada. get them confused, Joe which Casada. I know is mental. Because <laughs> They're very different art styles. Diodato, Casada. Casada Dato. Casada Dato. The couple name. Yep. That's, a couple I, sh- I ship them. We ship them. It's official. <laughs> Mike Diodato <laughs> and Joe Casada. Uh, serious issues. Uh, number one couple in comics. Yep. I love it. Good. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, after after a long time of uh, not being around, the Marvel, in- in- Marvel Knights imprint is, is kind of back as an event uh, featuring a lot of characters. Um, who, big Marvel characters who made up that. They're kind of focusing on the, um, the street level characters in this, especially Daredevil. Um, it's almost like they're trying to reference the Netflix series or something. Um, which is quite good. I'm re- watching the third season of that now. I'm enjoying it of quite what? a lot. Of Daredevil? Of Daredevil, yeah, yeah. It's all about um, nah. Bullseye. Nah. Really? Who's playing Bullseye? Some guy. I don't know. Cool. Yeah. I just hate, uh, hate Karen and Foggy so much. Yeah. Couldn't get through. So does, the, get through so does the show, I think. <laughs> good. Very glad. <laughs> Um, but yeah, everyone in uh, in the Marvel universe doesn't remember who they are. All the superheroes don't remember who they are. Neither do the villains. So I'm thinking this is a um, alternate universe, right? This isn't like no. I reckon it's like it's a mis- not canon. It's going to be Mysterio, fucking around with people's heads. You reckon it's going to be Mysterio? But like, I mean, this isn't taking place in like the six one six, right? This is like a somewhere else. This no, no, this is non. This is absolutely six one six. What really? Yeah, but yeah. then, but it's not. It's not an event. It's not like. 
No one else is impacted by what's going on in this. So Does that matter? Just, no, but I just mean, you know what I mean. Like, it's a separate universe. That's all I'm saying. It's not canon. No, this is totally canon. I what? Yeah, this has got to be canon. Um, <laughs> I think you're wrong. And, uh, sorry, it's not masterminded by Mysterio. It's, it's revealed that it's yeah. masterminded by Doom at the end. <laughs> Which is, like, probably the best bad guy reveal you can ever do. Ah, oh, it's Doom. Great. Great. Yeah, exactly. Great. Awesome. I love it. I love Doom. So much better than, like, oh, no, it's Kang. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so much time travel bullshit. I love the moment where Bullseye remembers he, who he is or discovers who he is and he's like, Lester. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, so the whole thing is like, yeah, basically someone has taken the memories of who they are and um, they don't know why. And at, at some point, a lot of the characters, namely Daredevil and Bullseye, are given back their memories and they learn who they are again. Good um, fun. What a, this, was, this was a good issue. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, just a, a, a strange paced. little event. Um and uh, now we know that Doom's going to be a big part of it, so that's fun. Art's great. Colors are great. Kingpin's good. Does Kingpin... Man, Kingpin must have a really good, like, laundry person because he always wears bright white suits. Pristine. And, and the amount of blood he would get on those. Yeah. And food also. Yep. Mostly food. Mostly I I'm, I'm, would personally spill so much food on myself. Um, hey, do you, uh, do you have a problem with double-page advertisements in, uh, in comics? Do I? Because DC have been really honking that double double page ad spread button lately. They sure have. And then this week, Marvel had like a Defenders one. Yeah. Just, like I'm fine with one one ad on one page, but a double page of ads like it's on like page so, seven. Come on, dudes. It's very. It really interrupts the flow of the story. I'm sure that's intentional, but I would like to at least pretend that your main purpose in telling this story is telling the story and not to sell other shit. Sell us more stories with with, with triple page advertisements in them. Yeah, that's I half the only way to go. Only way to go from here. I kind want. of half think that the only reason Marvel and DC publish single issues because they can't be making that much money out of them these days. Yeah, like the money's in the movies. Um, it's just to sell advertising space. <laughs> I kind of think but to themselves. Yes, but also watches and cars. And Snickers bars. <laughs> Snickers bars. You know what it. I'm excited about with this whole thing, though, is um, the Defender stuff that's coming out. This is not related. Move on. But yeah, still, yeah, yeah. bad, so the Defender stuff does look And cool. Al Ewing looks to be masterminding the whole thing, so I, I reckon it's going to tie into... Uh, His Immortal Hulk run. Yeah, which we'll be talking about later in the episode. It was real good this week. It was so good, guys. So good. But I'm excited for the Silver Surfer issue by Jason Latour on art and writing it. That's yeah, going to be cool. absolutely. And Zadarsky doing a Namor. That's going to be fun, too. That's going to be weird. Why? Is it going to be funny or is it going to be really serious and Zadarsky? You know what I mean? I reckon uh, it'll be really horny. <laughs> I hope so. Um, Marvel also gave us Star Wars Hound Solo Imperial Cadet, um, which has been written by what? Robbie Thompson and Leonard Kirk on art and Arif Prianto on colors. They are also publishing at the moment um, Star Wars Hound Solo, um, a Star Wars story. Okay. And um, I was very surprised that this just recounts the first 20 minutes of the solo a Star Wars movie as well. Ah. So they're doing two or they're doing two like adaptations of the solo movie mm. which didn't do well. Mm. And I didn't like. I didn't even see it. So they tricked to be honest, me into reading I forgot about it. Um, well that sounds dumb and a bad idea. And Good not, job like, Star Wars. Leonard Kirk's a great artist who shouldn't be having to do the second adaptation. Yeah, of and a Robert solo Thompson's Star- a pretty good writer. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. So maybe this is gonna spin out into something else, but this issue was just a like almost panel for panel until like the very end mm. recap of, of the first half hour or so of, of the solo movie. That seems 
Uh, Redundant. Like a waste of paper. Absolutely. It was. Nice. Now we move over to Image Comics right now. I've got uh, three Image number ones. Let's start what? with one that we may have... No, you didn't read I didn't any read of any them. of these. Oh, you fucked up big. This is great. Oh. So the one I liked the most was uh, written by John Lehman, who is most famous for being the writer of Chew. Yes. Uh, and this week he wrote... He's, like, he basically, since Chew finished, um, which was uh, a really fun, fun, long 60-ish issues run, um, he's been doing mostly miniseries, um, some we've loved, like Eleanor and the Egret, and others we yep. have not liked, like that dragon one came out recently. Mm. And the dragon like purse out of the earth and it was weird. Mm. Maybe I don't remember that. It was like a Godzilla kind of kaiju thing. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, this is his uh, return to what he said is going to be a long form comic. Cool. Many, many issues. It's called Outer Darkness. Again, written by uh, John Lehman with incredible art by Afu uh-huh. Chan. Um, and uh, he's yeah he does the, he does the art and colors and like man gorgeous. I'm, I'm showing Siobhan the most boring page in the in the issue and it looks beautiful. Um, oh, I hate myself. How did I miss this? It's so good. It, man, I mean, that looks so good. In your defense, the, the, the cover that they that they put out this week did not, not have good. doesn't have the word yeah. out of darkness on it. So how are you to know it was a new new issue? Yes, very true. It's your fault, not mine. Looks great though. Um, That's a great double page spread. So this is about like. Uh, like it's about space and space ghosts. There are Great. ghosts in space, and uh, there is a, uh, I guess, like a, uh, a rogue Han Solo esque figure who uh, moves from ship to ship, mm-hmm. um, and gets fired a lot, and is drinking his way to just forgetting his entire life. Mm-hmm. When he is told, "Hey, I, I want to make you captain of this like mission that you're gonna this one last mission, nine months in space, and then you get insurance and you you're set for the rest of your life." All I want, all I need from you is nine months on this, uh, on this, uh, on this ship. And then we learn that the ship is powered by a god engine, which is um, powered oh. by the souls of prisoners. <laughs> so you have to f- feed, you have to feed the the, the the engine prisoners. Oh my god! Yep. So god, the colors are so good. I know. It, it, it is such an awesome looking, yeah. awesome reading. Great big fun new world that we only get this tiny glimpse of in mm. this and we learn that you know had their existence of like weird ghosts and weird demons that are then trapped in engines to power spaceships oh, man. it's totally cool and weird and uh, i was on board for the entire thing ah that sounds so fun yeah so definitely that. um highly recommend um outer darkness um especially if you're a fan of chew this is uh, very very different but uh, if you like me, you've been waiting for Layman to announce his next big thing that he's going to be doing. This is definitely it. And Afu Chan is such a good artist. What else has Chan done? I, I think I've just seen him on doing like random annuals and mm-hmm, one shots mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and uh, well, Google, very cool to see yeah, their interiors. Very, very great. Um, so highly recommend this one, Out of Darkness. Go pick it up uh, through Image this week. Um, Image also gave us one called Auntie yeah. Agatha's Home for Wayward Rabbits. I did intentionally not read this. This is written by Keith Giffen. I know. Who has written one of our favorite runs of, uh, of, of comics of all time. Which I is, love Keith Giffen in the 80s. Yes. <laughs> uh, of course, it is uh, the Justice League United. No, Justice, Justice League interna- International. Un- no, yeah, international. <laughs> international, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and uh, here he teams up with Benjamin Roman. For a book about like really really creepy looking like this looks like an adaptation of like a PS2 era video game. It does. Uh, where we have like an extremely big eyed little girl looking after a bunch of talking bunny rabbits who are big and but not humans but they're like quite are they like sassy lo- bunnies. You bet they are. And yeah, this they- was my fear, and I, I flipped through this and I went like, oh, this looks like some like. Uh, <laughs> like happy tree friends <laughs> you know what I mean like that's sort of I like wish oh it was they're that. so cute but it's violent. wacky no th- then then she lives with their grandma and her grandma is visited by these two identical um, large women 
um, who beat up her the the granddaughter. Oh, and what? then go to find the the aunt. Sorry, it's her aunt, her old aunt. Okay. And then there's like just it ends on like a non sequitur, and then it's like to be continued. And I was just like, I'm never going to find out what happens <laughs> going to happen because I like just this I book failed to hook me on every level. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't I don't know who the, whose book is for, but certainly not for me. Nice. Um, final number one from Image This Week is The Wicked and the Divine, The Funnies, number one. Nice. Now, as we uh, head towards the end of uh, the, the epic by Kieran Gillen, Jamie McKelvey, and uh, Matt Wilson, um, we are given a kind of comedic look at the themes and characters of The Wicked and the Divine. I feel um, like this wouldn't have, a lot of this would have gone over my head. Um, there's definitely a lot of things that you would really enjoy. Some of the best, uh, so there's different collaborations uh, by uh, Kieran and Jamie's very funny friends. We have um, some art on a Kieran story by Erica Henderson. Oh. Um, we have um, uh, Liz Lunny doing a really, really great strip. Um, Chip Zadarsky doing um, story and art for a short story as cool. well. Uh, he's is one of the best. And it was about, yeah. like, <laughs> it was actually about uh, how they recruited Matt Wilson on colors and he basically uh. chip writes a story about Matt Wilson being in a ska band. <laughs> <laughs> so very, very meta and silly. Um, towards the end of this issue, there are some books by like, I guess maybe not as, uh, um, not as experienced, uh, writers or mm-hmm. artists. Maybe make people that are more used to doing web comics and then doing an extended format. There's one that like kind of reimagines the wicked and divine as like Scooby-Doo, okay. which I didn't find as amusing as the others. Um, but there was a lot to like about this. There's a great little, um, Keith, Keith, Sorry, Kate Leth um, joke mm. as well. Um, and uh, yeah. Well, I was about to say something very mean. What do you mean? Just uh, oh, <laughs> okay, like, that'd make the I... first one. I don't find Kate Leth funny. Um, I actually really enjoyed Kate Leth's uh, little strip. It's one of the better later ones. Yeah, it's cool. just, it just making fun of Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. Oh, well, so everyone can enjoy that. On that level, you would have enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, The Wicked and the Divine, uh, the funnies, only get it if you're already a fan of the series. Don't, don't make this be your entry point to the series. Um, Otherwise, you'll but, be confused. Yeah. Um, I, but that said, I also can't imagine uh, people who read The Wicked and the Divine that are massive stands of it being uh, like super into yuck yucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a like serious, um, serious boys comic. Yeah, I mean, there's, 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 there's occasional lighthearted moments in it, but um, yeah, this is definitely a fan. If you're a fan of Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey on Twitter, then <laughs> then you'll enjoy yes. this. <laughs> um, so that is it for image number ones. Um, now we move over to Dynamite for James Bond 007, uh, written by Greg Pak with art by Mark Laming, colors by Triona Farrell. Um, this is a new uh, action-packed James Bond story uh, from Dynamite, who have been like mostly great in their uh, mm-hmm. James Bond uh, story deliveries mm-hmm. since they took over, or since they started publishing them four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this one basically is is a really simple story of um, yep. James Bond trying to uh, catch his man, mm-hmm. who is a, a a dude walking around chain with handcuffed to a suitcase, mm-hmm. um, and as he um, He's on his way to intercept that man in his suitcase. He uh, is. He bumps into a, a guy wearing a bowler hat who may be a descendant of Odd Job. Maybe. Do you reckon that's what they're setting up? That'd be pretty fun. That'd from, be fun. From Goldfinger. This was fun. Because he wears a top hat. This yep. was so fun. Yeah. Because we just read a Greg Pak Bond one shot, didn't we? Did we? And, like, neither remember. of us enjoyed it. We were like, I don't know if Greg Pak is the right person to write James Bond. I can't, I can't remember totally that existing. This totally proved me wrong. This was so fun. This so much fun. Great. And uh, I thought Mark Laming's art was excellent as Perfect. well. Perfect. What a handsome Bond. Yeah, Good really, job. really. Uh, and, like, it's one of those things where, like, James Bond isn't in, like, the first six pages or so. But as soon that's as you see I his face. Bond comic. As soon as you see his face, it's like, oh, yeah, that's Bond. There he is. Man, I watched, um, is it At Her Majesty? 
Majesty's Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The George Lazenby one. Yep. That's a, that's a pretty bad movie. <laughs> Some bits are great. I but remember there's also it. I have fond memories he, of it. He talks like he he addresses the audience in the first scene. Oh god. He goes, "The other guy never had to deal with this." <laughs> wow. And then the movie starts. Fuck. It's terrible. Oh, bad actually, song. you know what? In bits, it was good, okay, but yeah. uh, broadly terrible. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Timothy, Dal- Timothy Dalton. Is my uh, is my favorite Bond, and really? I know a lot of yeah, a lot of people d- d- like violently disagree with me, but I love those uh, really, really over the top like glorification of wealth. 80s yeah, Bond yeah, movies. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, see, I haven't gotten to them yet. We've been watching all the Bond movies from the beginning for some reason. Like, I watched them all when I was like a like a preteen. Yeah, and yeah, It was yeah. like extremely appealing to me. There's some extremely violent deaths in them, um, and <laughs> and. Dalton is just so cold, which is why I, I, I what I what I want in my Bond. Like, yeah, 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 He occasionally yeah, yeah. quips, but he's just dead in the eyes. It's yeah. great. Yeah. George Lazenby is a little bit too, like, friendly or yes. something. I don't like friendly Bond. No, I can no fuck way. off. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, anyway, this was great. Yeah, it was just great. It's a really, really great action-packed James Bond story. Uh, mm-hmm, polar opposite mm-hmm. to what Walter... Uh, sorry. Alice Scott. Uh, Alice Scott. That was, that was no a, one gets uh, waterboarded in this. I also meant Polar Opposite from uh, Warren Ellis's oh, yep, uh, yep, yep. excellent Bond one, which is still my favorite of all of these new Bond series. Mm-hmm. But this is probably my second favorite in, in terms of first issues so far. Yeah, this so, was really uh, good fun. Yeah, uh, big, big recommend on this one. Absolutely. Now we move over to Dark Horse. Um, and uh, I read... Uh, well, actually, I saw this on, on your pile too. And I was like, I don't remember reading that. And, mm. and then I realized I did because mm. it was in my pile as well. The Whispering Dark. Uh, is a uh, a war story by Christopher Emgard and uh, art by Thomas Aira. Um and uh, yeah, it's like a war story with like a light kind of, or well, so far light kind of sci-fi, not sci-fi, like horror, supernatural element. To what it. is a supernatural element? That enormous monster. Oh yeah, true, <laughs> <laughs> very true. I just thought that was like uh, spooky religious overtones. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I'm not that big on war comics, but I found this very, very compelling. Right. Because it wasn't like, war is necessary. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit like, war is terrible. Yeah, and, and it just kind of uses just war, dro- war as a backdrop for this story. Yeah, and for this character's own sort of personal development and uh, uh, her soul is in crisis. I'm pretty sure this is going to be a, like a, a hard supernatural comic. I mean, yeah, maybe. That dude has bright red eyes. <laughs> I know, but I thought it was like spooky religious things. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I probably won't continue with this. Wasn't really? My, wasn't my thing. Uh, I, I found it like bizarrely compelling. I was like, oh, I still have to read this whole comic. And then I was like, ooh. <laughs> and then at the end, I felt very sad. Um, finally, for uh, First Things First this week, we have uh, a brand new number one by Cullen Bunn. Ah. Uh, the guy okay, who... I did this by accident, but turns out still... Um, I'm still correct because I don't read Cullen Bunn. The guy who, well, anymore. he just writes. Yeah, we have a, we have a threshold. Well, I mean, you do. For some reason, I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Cullen Bunn puts out about forty number ones a year, and we're nearing the end of the year. Um, about ten of them so far have been horror, mm-hmm. like you know, like also like self, like you know, they're, they're his own own. Uh, he owns the. What am I trying to say? What is it called? Self, not self-published, but you know. Um, creator-owned. Creator-owned, like uh, horror properties, yeah, horror yeah, properties yeah. that he's starting. This one is called The Empty Man. Um, uh, and it's a horror as well. Um, it's with art by Jesus Hervas and uh, Nico Gardia on colors. And uh, the Empty Man is a v- the name of a virus which uh, turns people crazy and has them oh, uh, lash out violently. Oh, um, no. And this is actually pretty cleverly told because the bulk the of it... first issues always are. Yeah, are they? Uh, yes. I, I like this a lot more than... As someone who's actually read all of the Cullen Bunn <laughs> horror number ones uh, over the last few months, this is my favorite of them so yep. far. Okay. Like I was like... 
like three pages in, I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. You know, you won't continue past this issue. Um, but uh, we see the we see basically um, it's a family of three. Um, uh, they've got a teenage daughter, and uh, the mother is inflicted with the empty man virus, which has her screaming at her husband and daughter, um, and her husband has to lock her away while she screams into, you know, just screams into the hallway. Um, and oh uh, at school, they are they're having people question all the other students about. Um, the empty man virus Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and basically like you know the government's trying to figure out people who may or may not have it Um, and so we see a bulk of this issue from the point of view of the daughter which Mm -hmm. I think was a a very smart narrative decision Um, and uh, there's a a kind of cult shows up um, offering their help to the husband um, for his for his wife but he refuses their help because it's creepy as Mm. Um, so I I think that's actually pretty intriguing it didn't really like rely on shock horror tactics it was more just like this you know awful thing that's inflicted uh, a lot of humanity and how is the world going to deal with it I thought it was pretty interesting and uh, I enjoyed the art on it as well cool the art does look great so I'm going to continue with this on the empty man from boom studios this week pleasant surprise So that's it for First Things First. If you read a bunch of number ones this week, just like us, you can come and talk to us about them in our support group for people who read too many comics, (laughs) which is facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast, where you can uh, join thousands of other people who read lots of comics and discuss comics with them all goddamn day. Uh, We always do Marvel or DC first. Let's do Image first this week, Siobhan. Yeah. Uh, Because it was a pretty good week for Image Comics. It was. Um, and uh, I'm going to speak really, really badly about an, another comic that uh, Jerry Duggan wrote this week. So why not give him a lot of compliments for Dead Rabbit mm-hmm. issue number two, his series with John McRae and Mike Spicer about a um, vigilante who, after like 20 years out of the game, now has to return uh, to basically, you know, being a Robin Hood-esque figure who robs from the rich and, and beats up the also-rich. Yep. Um, has to return that in order to uh, pay for his wife's medical bills. Um, I'm genuinely, I was quite surprised that this was only issue two because I think he's done such a good job of setting all this up that I really already felt like we were at like issue three or four. I felt like there'd been so much story already. Um, mm-hmm. And this was just an excellent, excellent issue. So enjoyable. This character is so great. And the, the story and the big point that it's making, I think, is so like uh, relevant and um, uh, feels real, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I mean, not only do we see him return, t- take on the mantle of Dead Rabbit again, we also see him recruit his old sidekick, mm-hmm. uh, who fucks everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like, you know, it's, it's just, it is, it is, you know, this is this kind of like depressing getting the band together story of yeah. like everyone having their issues twenty years on, the world being in such a different place, yeah. But you know, the problems still being the same problems they were twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, I think it's an excellent enjoyable. series. Yeah, the colors are great, the art's great. Um, the action sequences are like really, really dynamic, and everything moves really quickly. And, the consequences um, of all, all the actions are, are almost immediate. Yep, and it's nice because it feels like it, it's grounded. And again, this is a story that's quite small. You know, like the stakes are high, but only for this guy. Um, so it's not like a world-ending issue. It's this one guy trying to pay his wife's crazy medical bills. And it's great seeing that as the reason that you turn to not just vigilantism, but also crime. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a fun, a fun, fun thing to balance. Yeah, I love it. I really, I really enjoy it. Great character design as well. The mask and the hat and stuff looks yeah, great. Really great. McRae doing great work on this one. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite issues this week was uh, by the artist on Chew. Uh-huh. We talked about John Layman earlier. His collaborator was Rob Gilroy uh, on uh, or Gillery uh, on uh, on Chew, and mm-hmm. Rob Gillery is now the uh, writer and artist on his series Farmhand, which uh, this week finished its final issue of arc of uh, the first arc. The first arc. And so the trade will be coming out very soon. Um, it's called Farmhand. 
Um, and uh, what is, is this Bookhaven about anymore? Like, I mean, it's so good, but so much happened in this issue. It is getting like increasingly difficult to explain what this book is about. But man, you got to read it. Yeah, like it's so fun. <coughs> yeah, I love it, and like genuinely intriguing. I can't wait for the next arc to start. So it's about a family who uh, who moved back. Uh, the, the father of the family moves, takes his family, and moves back uh, down south to be with his uh, his father, who is a rich uh, genetic scientist who, slash farmer slash farmer. That's right. Who has uh, figured out how to grow human body parts, um, and uh, it hasn't been uh, an entirely controversy free rise to the top for his father. And uh, every issue we learn out learn about a whole bunch of other fucked up things that he's either been the cause of or been directly Involved in the middle of. In. Yeah. Like the death of his wife. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so uh, this one deals with uh, um, the main character's sister, who goes, who kind of works for her for, for his father as well, um, who goes missing for a time, and we learn it is because of uh, a like poisonous now mayor of the city who uh, yeah. who made her like hallucinate for forty eight hours yeah. with a weird plant based toxin that she that, that that she has in her hands. So what I reckon it is, okay, this is, and this might be really obvious, but surely whatever it is that he has control over that makes the body parts grow is obviously alive and now is spreading. And I think it's taken over that mare. Wow. And she's like now just a crazy like plant demon or something. Well, and it looks like... Or that, alien. That alien, alien. The same thing that's inflicting the mare is also uh, inflicting many other residents of, uh, of, the, of the city. Yeah, it starts see. with them opening up a pig um, to cook and eat at like a local community thing and the insides are all green and infected. Bright green and hideous. Uh, Guillory is so good at drawing just grotesque shit, but in yeah. a really amusing manner. Cartoony yeah. way. It's, he's got such, an, uh, such a unique style that... I doesn't immediately appeal to me. I wasn't ever I get it. like, I know, totally oh, get I really it. like Rob Gilroy, but it's so perfect for this book, and he's such a good storyteller. Like, it's just really, really great and enjoyable. Yeah, this has been a really, really fun surprise of a series. I'd never read uh, beyond a few, like, weird wrestling uh, short comics that he wrote mm-hmm. in that WWE comic that I read for a few issues for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh... <laughs> like, it's great. I love wrestling. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm, I'm very, very impressed by his, uh, his story chops as well as his uh, art, art, obviously. Yeah, there is a really, in, like, he, you know he has, like, a big board with, like, lots of crazy, like, serial killer lines going over <laughs> it, connecting all of the elements of this story, because it is a fully fleshed out world that he has created. Yeah, and just five issues, very it's insane. Satisfying. Yeah, definitely. So looking forward to this returning uh, in, uh, I think, January? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, maybe a bit later. But it's a good book. Good book. Get on board. Farmhand. Very yeah, good stuff. Get the first trade when it comes out. Good um, idea. We got uh, the fourth issue of Crowded this week. Um, Christopher Sabella writes this one with art by Rose Stein and Ted Brandt and Triona Farrell. Um, and uh, this book is about um, a world where you can uh, do like a crowdfunded hit on somebody mm-hmm. and so uh, we've, the, the main character in this has a hit put out on her and she hires uh, a very well rated bodyguard um, and this entire thing has been about the girl who has a hit out on her learning that she's a terrible person while fucking up the bodyguard's life more and more mm-hmm. in this one she is led to the bodyguard's house uh, being destroyed in a fire um, and, and she, the, 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 the reign of destruction is not going to stop there Siobhan 
Absolutely not. I'm kind of getting tired of this book. This was a real, like, there was a lot of exposition in this book. I didn't find the reveal of why she had the hit put on her that satisfying. Like, it was just kind of like, oh, she's just, loads of people just don't like her much. She's just done some shit stuff to people. I was like, oh, I kind of thought it was going to be, like, something a bit cooler than that. Like from how coy she was yeah. being. Um, and, like, yeah, the character's really annoying, but it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of talking in this. Look, I like the characters a lot. I think I was I was actually saying to some friends that are also reading it that I, I this would I would love an issue with a bit more breathing room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rostein's art is great, and 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 Trina Farrell's colors are awesome. Yeah, but uh, yeah, every there's like you know twenty panels on every page. Yeah, and there's there's, there's three world balloons in, every, in at least in every one of those panels. Yeah, so it's just like. Yeah, it, it is a lot. It's a lot of story. So if you're someone that wants more bang for your buck, then you might enjoy it from that point of view. But for me, I just want a bit more breathing room. Yeah. Um, let show rather than tell. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I'm yeah, still enjoying it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick so with fast. this. But yeah, you're right. I, I feel I feel you. Um, Redlands, issue number eight, came out Ooh. this week. Um, written by Geordie Belair with art by Vanessa Del Rey. Um, this is the book about witches uh, living in the South. And uh, they, ha- the, their father, who, in, who endowed them with their witchy powers, has returned to ask of them a favor. Mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. are all reluctantly abiding because they have to. Yes. And he's sort of presenting it like, I love you girls. Aren't you going to help me because I love you? And they're like, we don't love you. Yeah. You don't love us. <laughs> what are you talking about? And all the while, there's, there's so many like real world kind of... You know, mirrors like you know the the worst stories that you hear constantly in real life mm-hmm. rear their head in this book in in a very very uh, creative and and saddening way mm-hmm. that um, I think makes this book feel realer than a it, than, than a book about witches normally would. Absolutely, and the art is gorgeous, and the lead characters are so uh, compelling and interesting, and they're not they're not all good, they're not all bad, they're just people. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're kind of bad. They're kind of bad. They're sure. kind of bad. But they you know, take they're not the as town. bad. Yeah. There's, there's some real bad guys out there. Just very enjoyable. Yeah. And the uh, back matter of this one is uh, a really heartbreaking... <laughs> tough uh, read. Tough read where we have uh, the minutes, is that what you call it, from, mm-hmm. a, from, a, from a court case? Is it the, I, I don't think no, it's No, that's like not it. what it's called, but I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, sure. Um, but, uh, and it's basically a, a, a woman having to testify against someone who... Uh, it sounds it? like groomed and raped her. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's extremely hard read, but it's a very well written. Yeah, read. absolutely. It didn't feel like exploitative. It didn't feel like uh, it was for shock value. Like I'm sure that's going to be like incredibly relevant and important at some point. Yeah. Um, really well written. Jodie Blair's a great writer. A really good writer. Absolutely. Love that little Batman thing she did last week. Yes. Been thinking about it. Batman hates himself. Batman does hate himself. Um, the Last Siege is a book that only I read um, in the world. There's no one else but me reading it. It's written yeah. by Landry Q. Walker with art by Justin Greenwood um, and uh, colours by Brad Simpson. And uh, it is about uh, a siege on a castle in old medieval times, but it is also about the introduction of gunpowder to the world. Um, Whoa. And, uh, yeah, basically a traveller has come and uh, uh, he's leading... Uh, he's basically... He's the only line of defense on this uh, enormous siege from a, uh, a neighboring kingdom upon this kingdom. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And uh, even though they are outnumbered, like, like 50 to 1, um, the introduction of gunpowder looks like it's going to turn things of in, in their favor. Um, it's a pretty interesting book. It's unlike anything else I'm reading at the moment. And uh, I recommend it. Nice. It reminds me a little bit of Highest House. 
Um, just because of the, really? ti- the time setting, I guess. Okay. Yeah, but um, but less magical. A lot less magical stuff. But I, I don't know. Maybe maybe the art is kind of rem- reminiscent of Peter Gross's. Not really. No. But um, you know, maybe it just has a castle it's in just it. Just got a castle. And in I it. miss uh, I miss the highest house. It's a fucking great comic. And uh, I, I I'm just you know I'm taking what I can get. Mm. Last Siege. Good good book. Hmm. Um, okay, so I said I wasn't going to read this, and then I did. Ha ha ha. So I read Blackbird issue two, which is by Jen Bartel and Sam Humphreys, uh, Paul Ryanwer. Ryan Wand, Ryan Wand on. Oh, he's the layout artist. Colors by Truna Farrell. Truna um, Farrell, busy as hell. Yeah, I know, right? She's great. Um, so last, the first issue, we sort of complained because the character, the lead character, wasn't very compelling. She was a bit too perfect looking. That didn't necessarily reflect her internal turmoil. Um, it was a bit sort of uh, YA romance fantasy feeling in a way that sure. I didn't like uh, it felt kind of like lazy version of that not Twilight. necessarily Twilighty perhaps but I did grab the second issue um, and this was much better after introducing all of the sort of silliness we get some good backstory for the character we understand her relationship with her sister more mm-hmm. um, and her sort of uh, slightly toxic family dynamic with an uh, Asian mother and a Mexican father Um we see her still I don't necessarily like I don't massively enjoy the aesthetics of it because she's still like oh no my sister's missing but I'll curl my hair before I go out and I know that's dumb but I just find it like I think that is naturally impacting the character you know what I mean yep um, and there's a lot of stuff about like sneakers in this issue which I was like lame um, but I guess it's like referencing a certain something but we see her finally like uh, get into the sexy magic people universe um but now I lay up she's being targeted by some bad magic guys it's just like it was it was more compelling than the first it issue. still looks fucking incredible too I'm the like regretting not so picking gorgeous. it up just because of Bartel's art so yeah, good the art's really really beautiful everyone looks like ludicrous colors. stunning versions um everyone's like hyper colored and it looks like it's very sort of almost wicked in the divine character yeah, designs haircuts <laughs> yeah um, great great attention to haircuts yes absolutely so i i enjoyed this much much more than the first issue. Well, and i think i'm probably gonna keep um, i'll give the next issue a go i might still you know? this might yeah, still listen i'll let, let you know if i like it too nice uh so the final uh, image book is uh the walking dead number 185 why am i still reading this siobhan i don't know man i, I just it is is it like that like toxic high school friend that you just can't shake well it's not about zombies anymore yeah what's well, it about this arc is about like uh like like society like that's a, how everyone used to sell the walking dead to me i was like i don't like zombies and they were like it's not about zombies it's about people and i was like i don't like people <laughs> so like at the moment it's about like turmoil in this new uh civilized society that they've now all moved to or mm-hmm. considering mo- like joining communities with um but like in this society uh you, you are assigned a job based on what you were in the past life. So if you were a lawyer, you get to do something high up. But if mm-hmm. you were not, you have to be like lower. Oh. Yeah. That so seems like... I, I, like I, You know, remember the worst things about society? We're going to like bring yeah, that so over I, into I, I feel like new he, utopia. I, I feel like Kirkman could have come up with something a bit less obviously bad than yeah, yeah, that yeah. as a way of how they figure out who does what. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, it, it is just like, yeah, it is like this weird kind of like small town politics mm. it's just kind of like, it's just dull i don't yeah, i don't yeah, love yeah. the because so many characters have died mm. i don't i've i learned pretty early on in this book not to get attached to any of them so like we're just seeing like things happen to characters that like you know that aren't them running away from murderers or zombies and yeah. it's just kind of like 
I don't know. I want, I want some killing to happen. <laughs> I know I'm going to get that. Saints my bloodlust, yeah. Kirkman. But uh, exactly. That's why I wrote that book, because yeah. I love blood. Uh, mm. on, on, on the back, though, the, if you flip this comic over, it's the first issue of that book, Outpost Zero, in, yeah. in full. Interesting. Um, which is an interesting tactic to get people to read Outpost Zero. That is interesting. Yeah. Who knows if it works? Good luck to your image and Skybound. <laughs> You know Absolutely. what you're doing most Absolutely. of the time. What do you want to do next? You want to talk about uh, some DC books? What do you got in your hand? Uh, you got some Marvel books. I have Marvel books. in my book. All right. I have Marvel in my hand. Okay, well, uh, I mentioned Jerry Duggan earlier in the book, earlier in the episode. Loved that Dead Rabbit issue number two. It was a great issue. Oh, no my one's God. trying to take that away from you, Jerry Duggan. Now, I should say the other event issue that came out this week was Spider Geddon issue number three. And I, I didn't was read like, it. I'm out. Same. <laughs> I, just, uh, I got in three, three pages in, and I was like, I'm out. I don't need Tell to read it. Tell us this. if we need to read it. But um, only if we really need to read it. Not because you're like, no, the Inheritors are cool. Because you're wrong. Um, but Infinity Wars uh, also had its fifth issue this week. The, um, the year-long Marvel event that Good has Lord. had many names. But Duggan has never been ends. mostly behind. Uh, it just gets worse and worse as well. Yeah. And largely that's because of um, uh, Joe Casada's on-again, off-again lover, Mike Diodato. Uh, who did the art? <laughs> who did the art on this one? I just one? want those two crazy kids to make it. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Martin on colors. Diodato's art is just not. Is fucking s- so weird. I d- I've enjoyed some of his art in the past. I'm, I, I, I consider myself a fan. But, <laughs> but Emma Frost looks so terrible, and not all of the panels are bad. But Emma Frost is particularly is, awful, is she, and I don't get it. Is she winking in this. Panel? I don't. Yeah, sure. She's having a stroke. I think she's having a stroke. Um. And so, then, like, just so many flipping, um, like, surprise endings. Like, oh, it was this guy all along. I don't care, Jerry Duggan. Just tell me a story, you dumb bum. And also, sorry. <laughs> please, please, please. The, the key bit that I was like, oh, man. Never let Jerry Duggan write the X-Men. I don't know if he has. But no one should ever allow it because he's written one of the worst Wolverines in my living memory. And then this is the worst version of Emma Frost. Emma Frost gets the Power Stone. Sorry, spoiler. But she goes... Yes. There's a bit where she goes, I usually prefer Dom. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But the power stone is quite intoxicating and then punches Gamora in the face. Is she talking about Dom Perignon? Yeah. No, no. I think that she's talking about like um, flipping... 
like bondage stuff. No. Yes. No, just talking about Dom Perignon. Ah, oh, that makes a lot the more champagne. sense. <laughs> the whole time I was like, hey. Wait, Dom Perignon, is, is, that, is that a spirit? No, 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 that's it's champagne. A champagne. Okay, yeah. that makes a lot more sense because this whole time I was like, hey, Emma Frost wouldn't be into being a sub. <laughs> like there is, there is evidence to the contrary. Please I have continue a bunch of covers. <laughs> I have a bunch of covers from that weird um, X Men run. That oh, who's the guy? And he does um, that thing about killing rich people. Arr, what's his name? Phantom X. No, 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 no. Image book. Oh, sorry, I thought you said an X Men book. No, yeah, sorry. Uh, the image about- book about killing rich people. And he's oh a yeah, I love that. Boo, boo, boo. Um, it was like, it was like some dude's. Anyway, name. illustrated by that guy, and it's like this weird porn version of Emma Frost that I love. Um, and she's just like riding Cyclops around like a pony on all the covers, and it's the best. Anyway, I was very Car- confused by that. Car Andrews, yeah, Kari Andrews, Car Car Carl Andrews. Yep. Um, that's a great version of Emma Frost. This is a terrible version. That makes a lot more sense, though. Yeah, so there's, like, a bunch of weird fights because it's all dealing with the Infinity Warps, which is, like, the two Marvel characters folded in on each other, but some of them have escaped that, and they're fighting Gamora on like the so- in the Soul Gem, and they reclaim the stones, but then Loki steals... The- he swaps the stones for regular rocks, so he's got the stones. Um, and, and then, then he goes to, like, what, fight the... What are these bros called again? Big Cosmic... The, the original dudes. Cosmic Goods, who we literally only just introduced to in Jason Aaron's Yeah, yeah, uh, run. yeah. And now, then it ends with... I guess Drax, who is a saxophone player yeah. in this world. I don't know who he's been bonded with, whatever. He crashes his car into a tree, which turns out to be Groot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, on we go to be concluded. There's going to be one more issue. What yeah. The no, but the Groot, the, the Groot tree is Peter and Groot. And he says, we are Pete. That's the only thing he says. Oh, it's Star Groot. Yeah, Star Groot. What the fuck? I know. Why would they do that? Why why is any of this happening? It's not good. It doesn't make any sense. Not like this isn't a this isn't like tell me what the story of this is. How what drunk is the story did they get at this writer's retreat? Not enough. <laughs> I think. Like this is this is this is bad. This is bad and I'm bored by it. It's bad and boring and there's, poorly drawn. There's one more issue left and then there's gonna be oh, like some spin out issues too. So someone makes the ultimate sacrifice and in doing so saves the lives of countless Ugh. creatures across the universe. Who cares? Everyone makes the ultimate sacrifice all the flipping time and no one stays dead. So it's hardly the ultimate sacrifice. What's the ultimate sacrifice? Sharing your Netflix password? No, I don't know. I feel like Gamora shares her X-Men, uh, her Netflix password <laughs> with... With the entire universe. Whoa. You know what the best part of this whole thing is? The ad for um, some Salad and Ahmed's... Uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man book Javier Garona Javier Garona that um, looks great so that's a, that's, what I'm, that's something I like actually is when Marvel do the the middle two pages are like a fold out ad mm. which is in, te- in theory eight pages of, ad, of, of ads but, but it's like, it, doesn't, it doesn't disrupt the story anywhere near as much as yes. just a double page ad would I don't know why it's, it's a mystery for, mystery for time do that please wedding DC wedding special which is bizarre. Why are they doing a wedding special as like the fourth issue of Fantastic Four? And it's like yeah. celebrating 650 issues of, of, of Fantastic Four. Because finally the thing's going to get married. I feel like he already He's did gonna almost get, get married off. in Mark Millar's <laughs> Fantastic Four. Run. Yeah, sure. But now he really will. <laughs> okay, great. Unless they pull a... Uh, pull, a pull a comics on us. Yeah, pull a comics on us. <laughs> um, let's talk about Runaways. Because I love it. Let's talk about Runaways. Issue number 15, written by Rainbow Roll, um, with the return of Chris Anker after two issues off, and Matthew Wilson as well. Um, and this issue was really, really 
brave, I guess, because yeah. it introduced a very new concept for probably the most beloved of the Runaways characters, Nico, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and uh, specifically where the magic from her magical staff comes from and the fact that it is actually not a thing, but a person. Yeah. Um, and so many, many centuries ago, one of her ancestors made a deal with an enemy um, to become... Like, basically, instead of dying, he, he offered her to become her weapon. Yeah. And so and for, she enslaves him in her magical staff. So for generations, he has been a staff. And only once every time Mars aligns with the Earth, he's able to uh, return to his human form to bargain with... Uh, mm-hmm. with, with whichever Minoru yeah. is there. And how fucking cool. What man. Great. Great concept. Great way to update Nico. Great, like, foreshadowing for some terrible shit to happen in the future. I loved this, like... <laughs> Awesome character arc for Nico. Like, just great. Just great, 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 great. Yeah, so good. Good job. Keep doing what you're doing. And I love that this story, which is, you know, like, you know, 80% about Nico, is bookended by all the gang together. Yeah. You get a few fun little jokes. You get some big kind of, like, character moments between the ones that are, like, you know, dating and yes. you know, moves moves the, the, the story forward, answers a few little questions, and then we get this brilliant, very personal story for Nico. Yeah. Fucking phenomenal issue. I love it. Chris Nico, Anker. Nico's like, yeah, fuck yeah. Chris Ang's so good. Yep. I love all of Chase's outfits. Where's he getting those outfits? <laughs> um, but yeah, like Nico's the ultimate like unwilling superhero. She doesn't want to do this. She's like, yeah, I set you free. Go. So I can be normal again and yep. go to fashion school and do whatever I want to do. Yeah, where do they get all such amazing outfits considering they're all like runaway broke kids? I don't know, man. Maybe they like just steal clothes off people's washing lines. But I, I like that theory. That's a good idea. Um, great issue. One of my favorites of the week. Again. <laughs> I love this series. Um, it's surpassed BKV's original uh, Runaways run as, as my favorite Runaways run. Wow. Um, I love it. So much fun. It's so crazy there's been 15 issues. Yes. It feels like so much has happened. Hmm. Um, yeah. They, love it. He hadn't even finished his like first 18 issues yet. Because hmm. 18 is a bigger number than 15, sure. Sure is. Sure is. Uh, I'm not ready to go into X territory yet. Let's talk about the death of the Inhumans. Okay, uh, yeah. Let's Kate's, do it. Let's do it. Uh, finishing his... Uh, this the final little, issue? little mini series uh, featuring um, what we, what we, when we initially started. I mean, I feel like we should go back and listen to me talk about it, being like, "I can't believe he'd do this. He killed all the Inhumans. What's he doing? <laughs> it's just shock value, blah blah blah." But then, obviously, this became a much richer story than that because Donny Cates is a talented writer. He sure is. And uh, Ariel Olivetti on art is very talented too, as is Jordi Belair on colors. Um, this fifth issue was not the strongest issue of this arc. Everything's wrapped up a little bit too quickly and a little bit too neatly, but I wasn't disappointed by it. It was satisfying, and I feel like now we're going to get an Inhumans book with uh, Beta Ray Bill in it. Yeah. Great. Uh, I mean, they don't really announce anything off the back of this. That was no. the thing. Normally Marvel are like, something ends, and it's like, you know, as you get towards the end, it's like three pages of like, and then this thing's coming. And then this we're getting five out. comics out of this. Exactly, yeah. Lockjaw has three different titles, if only. <laughs> um, the immortal Lockjaw. <laughs> but it's so, like, it's great. I think that they, uh, I mean... It's sort of a bit of a, like, factory reset. Like, they've brought just, like, the core fam back as, like, the only Inhumans. They just killed off, like, what, like, all of the new Inhumans? Were they? Were they just killed? I think so. Okay. Kind of by Black Bolt, in a way. Yeah, yeah. Well, not to spoil the territory for this bit. but No, but yeah. Um, Also, I don't agree with you, so that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Um, Yeah, but, uh, man, I... uh, Oh, oh yeah, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I do agree with you. Um, yeah, this was uh, this is a good a good a good reset. I like what Donny Cates has done with um, uh, Black Bolt. 
That's clever. It, they put some limitations on him. It makes him less of like a crazy big threat. And um, I also, think it works. It's been good character development for d- him. Definitely. Um, and uh, it's always good to see Beta Ray Bill in a, in, in a comic. Yeah. <laughs> I love that there's like a really long bit of, um, you know, uh, Black Bolt giving like a rousing speech in sign language. Uh, sign language. And then Beta Ray Bill goes, I do not speak in human sign language. What are we doing? <laughs> I love Beta Ray Bill. He's good. Real good, good. stuff. Anyway, good, good event. I'd recommend this one in trade uh, if you are someone who uh, is keen to kind of get into uh, the Inhumans. This is a fun why not start with the death of all of them? <laughs> it's actually a terrible place to <laughs> oh, I tried a place to, re- to get out of them. Try to read some of Asgardians of the Galaxy. I'm dropping this, even though it had just one page of Jill Thompson drawn oh, frog art. How dare you give me one page of Jill Thompson? Just one, one page. That's, what, that's the only reason I'm mentioning it. There's one page of Jill Thompson art. It's the best page of the entire issue, which is just like cosmic absolute nonsense with no heart to it whatsoever. Hurrah! Um, Doctor Strange is another book that uh, you dropped. Yep. Um, I was uh, told by lots of our listeners, hey, it actually got really, really good. Pick up those issues and catch up. Um, so I did. And uh, even though he's still friends with like this weird space character that I don't really like, whatever, she's just like, you know, it's Doctor Strange, random female companion, number 410. Um, Classic. The, the story that they're telling here is, um, is really interesting. It kind of deals back with like this... Uh, Another uh, random uh, Doctor Strange female companion um, who, uh, who, who was kind of basically cursed and the reason for... I don't want to spoil too much. It was actually a fun, been lots of fun twists in this run. Okay. Um, and uh, there's going to be a, a, very classic, uh, a very classic Doctor Strange villain has returned for the next issue. So I'd definitely be k- keeping on with... Uh, this is uh, Mark Wade with um, Heavier Pinner on art, Andre Granado, J.P. Mayer on colours. Um, good. I'm enjoying it. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the kind of big reveal issue is like number five. I would have if I read that the week it came out. I would have been like, "Man, this book's fucking awesome! Holy gold!" Yeah. But I'm like, "Yeah, it's good. It's fine. I'm into it." Right. Let's go into X territory before we end on Hulk. Right. Yeah, um, good call. I read X Men Red, written by Tom Taylor. I didn't um, get to it. Sorry, Tom Taylor. Um, with uh, Roger Antonio on um, art and Rain Barreto on colors, and um, this is just doing the impossible and making Jean Grey a character I care about. What? Yeah. I really like this, like, powerful, headstrong Jean Grey that Tom Taylor writes. Mm. At no point is she, like, she just always, like, has a pretty good idea what to do. And, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you think she's failed, but then no, she's got the upper hand immediately after. And I know that that is, like, what, like, borderline Mary Sue territory. But she has a god inside of her. Yeah. She's allowed to do that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, she's been, like, an X-Men for decades. She's led the team Well, no, before. she's been dead for decades. Well, yeah, but, you know, before that. Um, <laughs> like, she's, you know, I, I would buy that from her, given her history. Yeah. I and just find this a little bit too neat or something. No, you, this issue, definitely not. Okay. This issue okay. was very, very cool. Um, obviously, the uh, the main villain in this is um, Cassandra... Uh, Nova. Nova um, from Grant Morrison's X-Men run. The um, uh, twin sister of uh, Xavier, who Xavier tried to kill in the womb. A classic tale of sibling rivalry um, from Grant fucking crazy Morrison. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. I, but I think this is a this is a good series. It's going to end very soon, but uh, it's 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 going out on a good note. Nice. I hope Tom Taylor gets more X Men work because he's one of the few writers that I like on X Men at the moment. What's he doing next? I keep forgetting and then being reminded. Uh, Spider Man book is he doing something Spider Man? Mm. It's possibly Spider Man. Is he doing something in DC? Maybe he's doing the DC. Who knows? Anyway. Let us know uh, over on um, my Mrs. Siobhan's phone number. Call her <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, give me a call, guys. <laughs> Um, Mariko Tamaki is now writing uh, X-23, who Tom Taylor used to write, um, and she's joined on issue six of this book by um, Jorge Duarte, 
George's, George's Duarte, hmm, um, with uh, Chris O'Halloran on colors. And um, after a pretty like intense first five issues of this book, like, a great opening arc. But I remember saying when we reviewed the last issue of that first arc, I was like, I hope the next one is just like a kind of like fun, you mm. know, romp uh, one shot. And that's exactly what this is. Yep. Uh, a good little palate cleanser before we get into the next arc um, that involves Gabby going <laughs> undercover on a, in a high school. Um, to infiltrate the science club where they reckon uh, some anti-mutant devices are being made. Um, it was really fun. Not all the jokes landed, but I just enjoyed the lightness in tone Absolutely. that Tamaki gave us and uh, I enjoyed the art as well. Um, and then I'm looking forward to the next big arc, you know, kind of returning to that, that, that vibe of the first five issues. But it's a, it's a clever idea to just kind of go from one to the other. Yeah, absolutely. And Gabby's such a, like, a fan favorite character. It was fun to see her like take front and center in this um, issue and I enjoy, <laughs> enjoyed Laura getting way too into being a high school uh, sports coach. Yep, definitely. Um, the Immortal Hulk. Let's end this Marvel review block on a very, very high note because, baby, this was friggin' Good great. God, what issue an issue. Eight, uh, Al Ewing writes this one with Joe Bennett turning in like career best art. Holy, holy moly. <laughs> Because we record in the store now. <laughs> I try not to swear. Every time I swear, I'm about to swear, I have to look around and see if there are children in the store. And there almost always are <laughs> yeah. because comics are for children. But man, this is not for children. This would give me nightmares forever as a kid. You start with Hulk in like many jars. Yes. He has been vivisected into many, many parts. Still alive. Um, by uh, like, a, yeah, like a scientific research who's doing you know research on gamma ra- radiation with the uh, intention to weaponize it because um, it's all the worst scientists in the world always try to do. Yeah. Um, and uh, meanwhile, a bunch of superheroes are trying to track down. Well, it's not superheroes; it's Alpha Flight. Um, so mm. Captain Marvel is leading a, su- a bunch of superheroes, including the now um, unchained, Depowered. unchained from uh, Sasquatch, um, Walter, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, Langowski. Langowski. How could I forget a name like that? Um, <laughs> I remember. Who gonna, they're trying to trying to track down where he is. Now they're called Gamma Flight. Gamma Flight. Good, funny. It's all I like gamma it. radiation. Yeah. And then, like, just when you think it's like, okay, no, this is going to be like a pretty, like, you know, like Hulk gains the upper hand somehow. Yeah. Even though he's separated in jars. And you're like, oh, it's going to be, you know, it's still a superhero book. It goes so freaky yeah. horror. <laughs> yeah. With like this one scientist eating one of meeting one of the most grisly ends I've ever seen in a in a superhero comic book. It's fucking incredible. It's so it gross incredible. and so cool. The moment when the scientist realizes that Hulk let them do this to him, yeah, is horrifying. How he gets out of the jars is incredible. Yep. The way that he uh, reforms his yes. body. Yeah. Guys, he reforms around the scientist and absorbs him into his body. Yeah. That is so horrible and so good. And it's drawn so well by Joe Yes. And uh, the, with the great inks by Re Jose and co- colors by Paul Mounts too. So I didn't shout them out earlier. The, the, the art team is Ugh. excellent on this. And the way that he draws Hulk, uh, Hulk's like transformation back into Banner is like nothing I have ever seen before. It looks like, um, looks like no face from... Um, the Studio Ghibli movie from Spirit Away. Spirit yeah, Away, yeah. Um, like man. at his grossest, man. What a great issue. Um, we Although th- the only bit that I was like, sorry, I keep jumping all over you, but um, like there's a bit where Banner's like, oh, there was a line, a long-held line had been crossed, as if the Hulk's never killed before. The Hulk's definitely no, killed. No, I don't think it's a little. It's not, it's not that he's killed someone before. <laughs> that he it's that he's absorbed them into his body. <laughs> <laughs> 
Horrible. That's the line. Like, yeah. obviously, the line for us is killing someone, but when you're an enormous monster, the line ob- obviously is oh, no, absorbing someone. Oh, no, I absorbed someone. someone into my body by accident. Oh, no. Also, how great does Joe Bennett draw Captain Marvel? She yes. looks gorgeous. That's definitely. The shadows are so beautiful. This is, ah, man, I love this. It's my favorite, so good, my favorite Marvel book at the moment, I think. Yeah. Well, no, that and Run and Run Away. Two for two. Very different. Very but different. Very, very good. Very different. Uh, so now we've got to talk about some DC books, Siobhan. Uh, and uh, I really, I hope you read issue number thir- uh, 50, 58 of Batman this week. I sure did. <laughs> oh, my God. I skipped through a lot of this. <laughs> so this is written by Tom King with uh, art by Mikhail Janin and colors by Jordi Belair. Can't salt Mikhail Janin. Uh, so you know it looks good. Uh, and is there anything more Tom King in this world than introducing us to a female character by announcing that she's been killed on the first page of a comic. <laughs> this book is about Penguin's return to Batman's life. Um, and uh, he does so... We, we were introduced to him basically fi- learning that, that, that his lover has been killed. Yeah. And, and left mean, on the doorstep like, of one of his cu- clubs. It's like, it's like fridging a female character before we've even met but her. It's beyond fridging. Because, yeah, it's like, like Tom to King has her. gone like, oh, you know what's more interesting than meeting this character? Watching characters just mourn her for an yeah, entire yeah, yeah. issue. And just being like, remember that fucking hooker that um, Penguin was dating? Now she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, like... The, the, in there is a whole, like... Like, I don't even know what this poem is, but he basically puts the it's whole... It's Shakespeare, you fraud. What? You went to Shakespeare school. I did go to Shakespeare school. What is it? What is it? What's that from? I don't even care. It's too much. That's too much to put in one. Too much book. Shakespeare. No, I'm very serious. That is too much to put in one. No, did you read that whole thing? Of course not. Yeah, exactly. I even like one, Shakespeare. Like one line care. of Shakespeare is too much for me. You are pathetic. <laughs> But like it didn't, it didn't. I don't think it added anything to it. I don't think it like clarified anything. It just, he just. I don't. What is, what is his deal? Like he's just trying to seem smart. Is that what this is? He's like, oh, you know what's going to make me seem really clever and well read is I'm going to just stick a whole like an, an entire Shakespeare there. play, an entire play, <laughs> and not even like do justice to it. Like, like what a what a waste! What an absolute waste just to put like lines and lines and lines. Um, so Sucked. Penguin now, of course, is working for Bane because in Tom King's Batman run, you're either dead or working for Bane. But also, is he is he not working for Bane? Is he trying to like uh, go against Bane's orders and try and dethrone Bane from his new uh, seat of skulls? I was saying, I reckon that uh, the final issue of Tom King's Batman run, Bane finally takes off his mask and it's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> that's the most Tom King ending of all time I fucking hope it is that's good that would even be better I hate the way he writes Alfred as well I hate the relationship okay, uh, that Bruce the best moment in this have. issue though is Alfred uh, on Cleaning. the roof upside down cleaning the dinosaur's teeth in the back yeah, cave yeah that's that's semi-enjoyable although I wish he was wearing a harness you're an old man Alfred no he's just hanging from trees Dick's taught him a few sorry Rick has taught him a few a few tricks but that takes a lot of knee strength this is very painful yeah don't worry he's a, he's a flying what's, what's Alfred's last name Pennyworth, Pennyworth. the flying, flying Pennyworth, Pennyworth. <laughs> I just I uh, like <laughs> just yeah. sticking that whole the whole of whatever Shakespeare that's from 42 issues to go Siobhan <laughs> Good lord. We're here for you. We're here all the way, baby. 
Let's talk like, about how dare you ruin? No, sorry, but how not. dare you ruin Mikhail Shannon's like beautiful double-page spread of like action and fighting with that much text, which is totally unnecessary. It adds zero to the understanding of what's going on. I'm done. Good penguin. Tom King isn't though. Forty-two Very issues. Attractive. Forty-two more issues to go, baby. Can't wait. Love this run. Tell I love, me, tell me I love hearing you talk about this run. <laughs> tell me what's going on with Rick. Uh, Rick Grayson <laughs> over in his uh, long-standing 52-issue strong uh, run, Nightwing, of course, <laughs> beloved. Why would you choose a different Night, name? Night Rick. Night Rick. <laughs> it's, so, it's so close to your normal name, Dick. Why not just choose like, oh, now my name's like Francis. I'm Francis now. <laughs> no, but that's because Richard, could, you can either be Dick or Rick. Yeah. Why not Rich? Yeah. Or... Chard. Yeah. <laughs> the great vegetable. And he was comatose for a while. Yeah. Which is that's a vegetable. Good. Like, hey, See, call me Chard. You, that's good. That's good. Uh, the time I was in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like to remember that time in my life. <laughs> so, um, our, our boy Chard is uh, he's given up uh, being Nightwing, but he is learning that he has all these reflexes of a hero and should he use them to fight crime? I don't know. Maybe he's just going to jump off buildings and land on taxis instead um, and, and he's like kind of he's squatting in different people's houses don't don't check your head at this actually Sorry. it's actually kind of good <laughs> written by Scott Lobdell um, with um, art by Fabian Nishizia I don't know mm, Nishizia Nishizia Nietzsche Nietzsche um, and Chris Mooneyham oh wait no the, oh, Scott and Fabian wrote it together Chris Mooneyham on art Nick Filardi on colours um, and uh the, the, the fun thing about this run is that some random Bloodhaven cop has stumbled upon uh, the Nightwing cave. Okay. The Dick Cave. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and has found all of the old Nightwing outfits. And since crime is at an all-time high in Bloodhaven, which it always is. Yeah, always. Um, he's decided to put on the Nightwing outfit and offer his other detectives, his top detectives, the other Nightwing outfits. Cool. And they're going to fight crime as the new Nightwing. Uh, does that mean one of them is going to have a big disco collar? Uh, no, maybe. I hope so. There it is there. Yeah, Sis I guess Sis. so. I'm hoping, hoping for that. But he's he, like, he's way slimier. Like, he, he looks like this, like, kind of, like, like 80s business guy cop um, with, like, slicked back hair. And so, at the end of this issue, it's uh, Rick being uh, told by a gun-toting Nightwing, oh, shit. the authorities will handle this. Oh, no way. And I, that, I think that, that's just a fun concept. That's pretty fun. I, that is I'm sure it won't fun. last very long, but like, I'm, I, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's silly, and it's not something that I've seen done before. Hmm. Go, f- go for gold with Lobdell. Nice. Way to, way to prove me wrong. Teach me not to judge a book by its writer. By its Rick. By its Rick. Um, are you still reading Deathstroke? Yeah. Because um, this was a great issue. Yeah. Number 37, uh, Deathstroke is in Arkham Asylum. And uh, someone is making him think that he's escaped and then only to return again. And then he can't prove to his doctors, uh, who are just like really, really sassy and mean doctors. Um, he can't prove to can't prove to him them, them that he escaped and all these things that he thinks he's done that turn out to be in his head. Mm-hmm. And the activities that they have him do while in Arkham Asylum are like VR simulations with the other inmates. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, good fun. Meanwhile, his son is dressing up as him to trick his daughter into going on a mission with him. Mm-hmm. But then turns out that someone has beaten up his son and left him for dead in a bathroom, only to steal the Deathstroke outfit, so he can then beat up Deathstroke's daughter 
and then it's revealed at the end that that's none other than Two Face, who's somehow escaped Arkham Asylum to wear the Deathstroke outfit. It's insane. I love it. Yeah. It's so fun. It's so action-packed. It's so bizarre. This will be such a good, like, satisfying read once it's all released. Yes. I love the character development for all of these people. I love them, like, trying to psychoanalyze Deathstroke. Like, it's really fun. It's really compelling. It's really interesting. I love um, Priest's version of all of the, like, Arkham inmates. It was so fun getting, seeing him get to do just, like, a little line from, like, uh, like Tweedle, Tweedle D or Tweedle Dom and, like, the... Uh, Mad Hatter and all those guys Ventriloquist just good just good good dirty fun you know who I would love to see team up for a big event or or even just a little series is is Priest and Grant Morrison Mm. I think they have like like they're both like you know incredible like long written like you know elderly comic book writers who have done so much good shit in the past and still retain that youthful spirit in, in their books um I just I would love to see what the two of them would come up with together because they're so profoundly different, but yeah. there is like there are similarities in their Absolutely. writing. Absolutely, um, that would be fun. But I think you'd almost need someone to like ground it. No, a I want. Bit. I know. I want it completely unground. I want the most batshit insane Morrison Priest. So good of, of anything. Yeah, great book, great issue, great art, very enjoyable. Yeah, real good stuff. Um, United States of Murder versus Murder Inc. Uh, it was a Jinxwell book that came out this week, written by Bendis and Michael Evan Oeming on on art. Somebody Soma on colors, Taki Soma on colors, and uh, this was like a fun, like grounded, slightly larger than life kind of mob um, comic. In this one, in this issue, there's an enormous explosion, and it's like just like hundreds of people dead Holy from moly. the from the crime family that our main characters are in and this is about retaliation and the retaliation that they decide upon is to kill the president nice <laughs> right, so and the president is a woman and so the line is the bitch president take her out and i was like i'm good thanks mm. bendis done i'm reading enough of your books at the moment i can drop one yeah may that be a warning to you i feel like my um enthusiasm for bendis <laughs> when he first like started dc is now slightly waning there's a few good ones still i think yeah, yeah i think the easiest way to get off that boat is by overkill and reading absolutely everything he's putting yeah. out which is entirely too many comics but yeah you forgot, I forgot to include this book in, in the DC. Um, yeah, I think that we both decided to stop reading this and then I started reading it. Okay. I read this issue for some reason. I don't really even know why, but I read Adventures of the Super Sons, issue four by uh, Peter Tomasi and Frank Barb... Oh, sorry, Carlo Barberi on um, art, Matt Santorelli on inks, Proto Bunker on colours. That is a good name. That's a good name. Um, and this is... They are on... The, the, our boys are on an alien planet... And um, John has Damian been Wayne and John Kent for those John has been split familiar. into uh, two, like uh, in the classic Grant Morrison um, JLA era Superman, where there was like the blue and red Superman. John's also been split for some reason oh, right. that That's I missed fun. in an issue that I didn't read. Um, and then they crash land. They're backstabbed by Baby Joker and stranded on like a House of Mysteries esque spooky house. Right. John is back in one for no reason. It's just he's like, well, I guess I'm back together. Cool. Um, and then in the house, it appears that there's old versions of them. Right. So I'm probably not going to read this again, but it wasn't an unenjoyable issue. Do you know it, what yeah, I mean? It seems there's like, like, like uh, an insane amount of wacky ideas kind of yeah. like thrown at you, which, you know, if, if, you're on, if you're on board with them, you're on board with the book. Exactly. Um, I did see, as you're flicking through that, an ad for the Dark Knight's Batman Who Laughs by oh, J- yeah. Scott Snyder and Jock. Looking forward to that number one. Out, out this December. Ben, Jock is, Jock is better than that. 
Jock is too good for that. He knows he makes the most money of his career when he does stuff with Snyder, though. So. Yeah. Disappointing. Um, Border Town is an excellent book published by DC Vertigo. Uh, we've got the third issue of it this week, uh, written by Eric M. Esquivel um, and uh, Ramon Villalobos on art with Tamara Bonvillain on colours. And, uh, man, this book just gets better and better. Fucking hell. It opens with, like, six pages, pages uh, start in the 50s, sorry, set in the 1500s, um, as we learn the origin of these uh, uh, Latin American gods mm-hmm. uh, that are being fought in, um, that, that kind of come to Bordertown. Um, is, it, is it, no, it's not actually, it's in Arizona. Is it actually called Bordertown when they live? No. 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 Um, but, but they're yeah. on the border. So they're, 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 these, uh, Chupacabra have uh, have invaded um, Arizona, and uh, the, our our four young heroes realize that um, they everyone sees them as their biggest fears. Mm-hmm. So, in order to like get them, there's a brilliant moment where, in order to get the Chupacabra um, off off the heroes' backs, they call up um, <coughs> the the police and make a report. And mm-hmm. of course, the police see them as like young people of color. <clears throat> and just shoot them on sight. Mm. And so the Chupacabras are killed by the police straight away. Um, a very dark and, you know, grimly funny way to deal with a, with a, with a problem. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, God, Ramon Villalobos is so... He's just so good. Yeah. He's just so good. It's like... Like, he loves Frank Quietly. And so that, that influence comes through so strongly in his art. But it's like this sort of really fun updated Frank quietly like with where everyone's wearing cool sneakers and everyone looks incredible and yeah and it's just, all the Aztec stuff is so detailed and it's just brimming with so many crazy fun ideas and uh, the second half of this issue especially where it's setting up like kind of like the relationships and what, what these characters are going to be in the future where we have like this uh, one girl kind of deliver a speech to her fuckwit assistant principal Who's, um, like, attempting to groom her. Yeah, totally. Um, and, uh, you know, she kind of, like, reveals, you know, her, her background and her friend's, like, you know, backgrounds when he's been, like, incorrectly kind of labelling them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Then, then cuts Aztec symbols into her face and uh, for warding off monsters. It was so fucking good, that scene. Man. And, and meanwhile, you have this Nazi, young Nazi kid who is turning into a monster himself. Um, and that's absolutely brilliant. Like, that final page is just such an incredible, exciting glimpse of what's to come. Yeah, once he's pulled his skin off. Um, Amazing. So great. Amazing. Um, such a great, cool and weird and different book. Yeah, man. I love this book. Border Town. Great covers, too. That, in particular, is an excellent cover. Absolutely. The colours are so good. Yeah, Tamara Bonvillain's always my favourite. Yeah. So that's it for DC... Marvel and Image Reviews. Now we move over to other publishers. I'm going to kick off with an Australian published uh, comic. A, uh, oh, yeah. A little friend of the podcast um, who we need to talk to next time. Yeah, I know. I've even asked him. We'll organize it. Okay. This is a, um, a project put together by um, Chris Neal, um, who is the editor of Meet Me in the Pit. We talked about issue one uh, last quarter. Mm-hmm. And this quarter we get Meet Me in the Pit issue number two, um, which features contributions from young Australian um, artists. Mm-hmm. Um, of uh, all kinds of different uh, like art forms. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So we have some digital art. We have some very sketchy kind of like personal diary esque comics. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, some like kind of like gaggy strip format comics. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that unites all of these comics and creators together is music. Will, and Meet Me in the Pit is a is a anthology about of, of comics about music. Um, and uh, this is uh, published by Chris Neal's uh, own Blueprint Comics Productions. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I have to say, I think I enjoyed 
issue two more than I did issue one. Yeah, very enjoyable, very satisfying. The quality of um, artists that he's managed to find is so amazing. Like Claudia Chinya Ecoli is what what a crazy big talent. I don't understand how she managed to make the pages uh, look like sheer and it looks like there's so much depth to it. It's really impressive and like really gorgeous and she uses sort of uh, repeated panels so effectively. So fun. Yeah, that was... Uh yeah, that was one of my favorites. Absolutely. Yeah, you can understand why. Um, that was about basically about the connection that she has to listening to the same song over and over in different point, parts of her life. So she always, like when she hears certain songs, she remembers like moments, important moments in her life. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of uh, very kind of like personal uh, connections to music. So a lot of diary format mm-hmm. kind of comics or biographical comics. Mm-hmm. But my favorite one was one that didn't... Uh, go with that format uh, it's been written and drawn by um, someone called Ali Ch- Chalmers man she's good um, and that was by far my favourite one uh, it is called uh, El Encanto de Reggaeton um, and it is about basically while out at a nightclub in Spain um, backpacking in Spain one night she's uh, out at a nightclub and uh, upon hearing um, some uh, some reggaeton at 2am on the dance floor um, she starts manifesting uh, magical powers and uh and she realizes that um, reggaeton is her magic conduit. It's really funny. Um, yeah, and it's just like it's like you know fun comic, comic, comedy comic with brilliant backgrounds. I love the the background and her art in general in, in this. I, I think that it's was very, that was um, a standout for me. Yeah, absolutely. It's very almost. Uh, this is high praise, but like Kate Beaton-esque. Yes, definitely. And the faces and the sketchiness. Yeah. Um, and the like expression that she manages to get on the faces. Just very, 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 very good. Yeah, definitely. And there's like, yeah, there's comics about, you know, people who love the Beatles and the go-betweens. That one made me laugh a lot, the one about the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. Was very enjoyable. I liked, liked her art style as well too. Um, but yeah, a whole bunch of different um, contributors to this one. Um, and then we get like a nice little bio page for all the different creators with um, them... Uh, Recommending a song for everyone to listen to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can we get some rap in the playlist, please, future writers of? Uh, of <laughs> You're going to have to write pit. one, man. I guess it is "Meet Me in the Pit," and pits don't normally form at rap shows, so I'll, mm. I'll allow it. Mm. Um, yeah, this is a great, great. Oh, hold on, there's a Muramasa song that kind of counts, not really, but good job, Andy Walker. <laughs> um, I love the cover, um, yeah. and this is a great collection. Uh, I'm not sure how you go about finding this. Um, you know what? We're going to get copies in at King's. Here we go. I... Gumroad.com oh. slash Blueprint Comics. That too. Um, or you can go to Instagram.com slash Blueprint.comics. Yep. Or send them an email at BlueprintComicsAUS at gmail.com if you want to get your hands on Meet Me, on the, P- Meet Me in the Pit, issue number two. But we will have copies at King's. Hopefully, uh, I think the official release is like this week. Cool. So hopefully next week or the week after we'll have copies at King's. Awesome. Go check it out. This is a, a really great... Um, Sydney comic that we should yeah. everyone should check out. Loved it. Yeah. It's, it's and thanks, Chris, for yeah. send, uh, bringing in some copies for us. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it, Chrissy. Chrissy. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, hey, now we've got some other comics, um, including um, like three of my favorites that I read this week. Oh, wow. Um, You're Fe- still loving this one? Fearscape. You didn't like this? Look, I like it. Uh, to be honest, I had to read it very, very quickly. That's not the way we were. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's fine, yeah. Um, so, Fearscape is everything that I wanted the uh, Sandman universe comics to be. <laughs> like, have an un- a really unpleasant narrator. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's so funny. Yeah. So, so, basically, Fearscape is like a basically a complete fraud hack of a writer who um, steals his, like... Um, uh, Mentor? Mentor. He basically steals his mentor's books and publishes, tries to publish them as his own. But there's something going on there. Yeah. Um, as to why he feels justified in... Um, definitely. Yeah. Um, and 
while kind of posing as his mentor, he is visited by um, someone from the Fearscape, which is like a magical land where they need a writer to come up with scary shit. I can't remember what happened in the first issue. Why is he in Fearscape? I can't remember. <laughs> so they, so they, need, they need the best writers to go to Fearscape to either create the fears to begin with or create something, creative things that defeat the fears. Right. It's where fears go to live, basically, the Fearscape. And, but he, he's a fraud and he's worried that people are going to uncover who he, that, that he's, you know, he isn't who he says he is and that's exactly what happens in this issue. But then he kind of turns out that's what he wanted to begin with. Um, but the, the whole thing is narrated by him and he's just a complete prick and yeah. like makes fun of all the other characters in the book and um, also like like yeah because like, like, it's like a fantasy thing when, when one of the fantasy characters is saying like behold the weeping castle home to the children of Prometheus and then like he starts making fun of them and like of what they say like you know forgive me dear reader for subjecting you to a witless exposition from the sentient encyclopedia now masquerading as my escort and like then goes on and on. he's just like you know he just talks down on everything in this yeah. book it's and funny it's very, it's very flowery writing but it is funny because he's so pretentious and annoying yeah yeah it's, it's extremely aware of the flowery writing that it's, that, it's, that it's having us read and it is a pretty compelling universe that they've set up it's definitely like pretty interesting yeah so it's written by Ryan O'Sullivan with um, Andrea Muti on illustrations and colours by Vladimir Popov um, I really like this published by Vault Comics um, and if you are a fan of like the unwritten Sandman, all those classic, uh, very literary um, Vertigo mm-hmm. books, uh, I think this is definitely one that's right up your alley. Mm. Um, Moth and Whisper this week, um, published by Aftershock, um, written by Ted Anderson and Jen Hickman. Uh, sorry, written by Ted Anderson, art by Jen Hickman, and uh, she does colors as well. Um, Moth and Whisper is about um, the son of uh, two famous spies who uh, nobody knew were married and mm-hmm. had a child together. And so he has become both Moth and Whisper. One of them is his father, one of them is Mother, uh, after they've gone missing. And he's trying to find them by teaming up with uh, various weird figures that he meets in the crime underground of his... Uh, and in this one, he comes face-to-face with uh, the man that he suspects of uh, kidnapping his or killing his parents. And then he learns a lot more about the world, about his parents, and about his, their would-be killer as well. Um, great issue. Do you agree? Absolutely. Really enjoyable. I like that this is a non-binary character, and I like that the bad guy, that even though he's like a super bad guy, respects, <laughs> respects their gender pronouns. I Definitely. That was like a nice, cool little touch. I loved um, the, very the, cool. the moment where oh, great. where Moth and Whisper um, reveals that they are genderqueer was actually like a really, really well put together, like, you know, it's just like three panels and it's just yeah. told so matter-of-factly and I like that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Very good. Um, great, 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 great book. Moth and Whisper. Highly recommend it. Aftershock, one of the best books being published right now. Mm. Finally, I have Sparrowhawk number two. Did you ah, not read this one? I'm so annoyed. I missed this. Uh, so this is a, a really sick book put out through Boom Studios, uh, written and created by Delilah S. Dawson with amazing illustrations by Matthias Bassler and colors by Rebecca Nulty. And another one featuring a, 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 a girl who is now in a world of fantasy, a fairy world. Um, and uh, the only way to survive is to kill and basically make her way up the ranks by killing things. And every time she kills something, her wings get bigger. Um, but in this one, she meets... Ooh, God, the colors are so beautiful. Yeah. She meets uh, an, another mythical creature with very small wings because he has chosen the route of a, the route of a pacifist. Um, and uh, she's kind of, like, yeah, like toying up what... Which is the right way to go because her guide is like this bloodthirsty fairy. Mm. Yeah, it's it's really really cool um, and different. And uh, I love the main character. I love the art and I, I love the colors. It's called Arthur Boom Studio. It's called Sparrowhawk, all one word. 
It's a mini-series of five issues, and we're two issues in so far, and I'm enjoying it immensely. Um, Dark nice. Horse put out The Umbrella Academy, Hotel Oblivion, number two. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I can't remember what happened in the last issue or in any of the issues before that from the last series. I might not enjoy this, but I, I just like the art of, uh, of Gabrielle Barr that much that I, I still enjoy, I still going to read it. Nice. Gerard Way, of course, is the writer of it, but uh, the main reason I'm reading it is because of the art. Because it's real good. Yeah, I didn't really understand the first issue enough to, to continue on with it. But Fair enough, because you've not read any of it before. Exactly. So that is it for um, this week of Serious Issues. Uh, do you want to know what's coming out next week, Siobhan? Yes, please. I have a little, uh, a little list of everything that I've ordered. It's an uh, enormous week, so get ready for that. Um, we have uh, the return of uh, some, uh, not Vertigo, uh, Valiant books. We've got a new Bloodshot series starting next week. Mm-hmm. Um, we have yes. a new DC book that Steve Orlando is writing called Electric Warriors. Oh, that looks cool. Why is it called Electric Warriors? I don't know. Is it going to be like a weird 80s throwback book? I don't know. Um, we have a fun little tie into Infinity Warps featuring all of our favorite kind of like comedic writers doing. Uh, I think ah, it's, that's always it's fun. like She-Hulk and Squirrel Girl are mixed together. Right. And um, I think it's like, like, like Devil Dinosaur and tippy toe great great, <laughs> yeah. great. Um, there's going to be some fun stuff in that one it's called Infinity Warps number one um, we have uh, a new Uncanny X-Men series starting yeah which is going to be weekly guys oh no and the first issue this is actually quite cool the first issue um, is like cover price seven ninety five US so that's fourteen ninety five dollars um, Australian dollars I saw you can get some variants that are worth $100 new yeah yeah absolutely but Kings are gonna as a special offer um, offering the first issue for just nine ninety five. dollars um, so you can get a taste and see if you're gonna enjoy it it's got three different writers Matt Rosenberg Kelly Thompson and one more person Tom Taylor no no someone else we'll know, we'll know next and week and then three artists as well it's right. gonna be interesting um, the new book from uh, uh, David Walker and Sanford Green, who previously gave Ooh. us the great Power Man and Iron Fist run on Marvel, are putting out an image series called Bitter Root, which starts that this week. That looks cool. That looks um, cool. We're getting a Black Order Marvel series. I don't know how that'll be. Mm. Um, and then we get uh, some second issues of ones that we really enjoyed the first of, like Friendo returns next week. Great. Um, and also uh, the uh, Mark Russell written Lone Ranger book returns next week. Ah, great. Um, and we also get uh, G. Willow Wilson's first Wonder Woman issue. I'm very um, excited about Rugrats that. return with the C is for Hanukkah special. Yes, please. I'm, I'm excited for that. That sounds kind of interesting and funny. Um, and last but certainly not least is... Oh, yeah. Um, the original Alien 3 script is being given a yeah. comic book adaptation written by William Gibson. So uh, if you are a fan of the Alien franchise... I don't 3 like Alien 3. It's very divisive. I like it, I think. I can't remember it's which one nothing it like the first two. It's, yeah. you know, very, very slow, quiet movie. Um, uh is that one, like one of the first movies that Ripley Scott directed? He directed the first one. Did he? Isn't that Ridley Scott? Isn't that James Cameron? Nah. James Cameron did the second one, right? Right. Okay, sure. Hey, who directed the first um, Alien movie? Oh, you guys are too young. Where's Jim? <laughs> Where's Jim? We need someone old. Where's Jim when you need him? How often do you get to say that? Literally never. <laughs> so mean to Jim. Me and Ronan in it. What's that, sorry? Ridley Scott. Well, there you go. Cool. Shimon was, right. was right yet again, Justified. everybody. Luckily, this power. is a comic book podcast, not a, not a, <laughs> not a movies podcast. Um, but uh, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head over to patreon.com slash podcast and you can uh, sign up as a $5 supporter and you can get the post show this week and every week before this week and every week for the future. Thank you so much for listening. See you very soon. Bye.
podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.